0: Alicia del Valle and the baby face
1: gimmick in the sky, Roger. Hey, estamos en vivo, señoras y señores. Bienvenidos to the Carne Asada. It's the Bleed podcast. Uh, before we hop into it, let's um, let's uh, get uh, some business out of the way. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to the Princesa Picolandia.
2: <laughs> That's right. We got to pay those bills. Um, hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us, but always remember that the Bleed Lows podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. It is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports Intel headquarters. This season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering results from basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf to UFC, and, of course, boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, so head to the website or use your mobile device to join, and be sure to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your fifty percent bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts.
0: Know, and,
1: <laughs> uh, let, so let, let's get into it. I mean, look, the Dodgers' their previous homestand they went six and zero. Now this homestand they went five and one. This should be a celebratory podcast because yeah. the Dodgers, after a four and two road trip, they went five and one. However. It's really kind of hard to be happy right now because it feels like someone just threw a bucket of water uh, on us. And, of course, we're talking about the Dustin May injury. And that literally just happened today. So we're going to just complete plot twist, throw everything to the wind. We're going to start with Dustin May. So let's hear it from Dave Roberts' words himself. Babyface, uh, can you play the tape
0: Great right now. Um, we got some early tests and it's a, a flexor pronator strain. And so that's uh, an IL. And uh, you know, when he return to, to play, I don't know the answer, but uh, that's what we got right now. Um, it might, it might. Um, so I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but uh, obviously it's the elbow, it's the arm we got surgery on, so I'm sure there's some correlation. We, we do know that uh, with uh, Dustin spot, we're going to bring back Justin Brule. And so, uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, most likely there, there might be another move. It's a big blow. Um, I, I think my first you know head goes to Dustin and, and what he's had to go through and then had some throwing the baseball well and feeling good. And obviously he's a big part of this year, so and he still could. But uh, right now, to have this speed bump again, I know he's disappointed. And um, but you know, somebody else has got to step up, and you know, that's part of having a great uh, being a part of a great organization. No, 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 no indication. Uh, coming out of his last start, uh, he felt that there was just normal soreness, like any starting pitcher has, and obviously he felt good enough to make the start. And then um, after that first inning, the velocity wasn't there, and saw him kind of. Moving his hand, and those are signs that something's not right. Uh, we saw it. We saw it. We saw him on the mound, and then um, you know he was trying to lobby to stay in there and finish what he started, but you know we had to do what's best uh, for him and his group. It was not on one pitch, no. So that that I think uh, is a good thing. I don't. I don't want to kind of uh, get too far ahead. I, I know it's an I L. You know. I think it's fair to say. You know, a month is fair as, as a floor, but then we'll see after
1: that. Okay. okay, so um the latest update to that is I know Dave Roberts said the floor was four month, uh, four weeks. Uh, we are looking now at officially four to six weeks before he will be reevaluated. Um says, I have to ask you this because Babyface and I were in that room with Roberts. And that to me, am I reading the body language incorrectly? That did not seem like they were hopeful. That seemed like they know what is coming. Welcome to Michael Carrillo on the live. Uh, Michael Carrillo has already said we need to trade for another starter just to be safe. (laughs) And they should take him out for the rest of the year also to be safe. That's what it feels like. It feels like he's done for the year. Uh, I know Babyface was much more optimistic. He, he doesn't think it's going to be out for the whole year. So break the and says, How did you interpret that?
2: Well, I agree 100%. His body language is just it's like some, some of the worst news ever that you can receive from, you know, such a young. We waited this long to have Dustin back and he was doing well, right? That had that one, two punch, you know, he was right up there. And, and and I think also because did anyone see this coming? We just got him back. So it's out of nowhere. That's what makes this injury so painful. I won't mention any names of anyone else. We're not, no one else is hurt. I don't even wanna put that in the universe, but there are others that we could maybe see whether it be age or priors, this just seemed like what is happening what why what is the universe trying to do the dodgers have some like karmic bill they need to pay because this is not supposed to happen dave roberts his body language looked defeated uh the the tempo of his voice you know low and shoulders bent and and that's not dave roberts dave roberts is you know he he finds the the silver lining in everything but not today
1: <laughs> well and no her- I- <laughs> And they had asked him that. I mean, the people, the beat writers in the room, it's it's hard to, you know, later on he tried Hey, you know, we won the series. It's good. We had a good homestand, but it's yeah. just like Dave Roberts said, I feel bad for Dustin May because like you had talked about, he just got back. And for him to have this quickly an injury like that, as Michael Carrillo says here on the live, this is the predecessor to a UCL injury. So I, I agree with you, Michael. I, I think they have to. I mean, and that's the reason why they took him out of the game after the first inning. I mean, Babyface and I were there, and all of a sudden we saw Dylan Covey warming up in the first inning. And uh, and I was like, why, why is he warming up? Now, yeah. I had not noticed that Dustin May's velocity was down in that first inning. I just thought, what's going on? Why is Dylan Covey warming up in in, in the bullpen? Um, so Robert said, we took him out as precaution. Yes. Princesa.
2: You just, that right there is again, first inning. Dustin May is hot. Uh, you know, hot start. No one come at me. It's he's got a hot start to the season. Okay. (laughs) And were you even bothering to check his velocity in the first inning? No, because we are confident that Dustin May is out there to deliver and it's going to be great. And it's the first inning and it's the day game. And, so yeah, I could see why you weren't looking at a lot. But you, I could see also very much being like, "Uh oh, wait a minute, why is Kobe war- warming up?" Right? Um, yeah. He, he wasn't expected at all.
1: Babyface, talk me off the ledge. You were immediately <laughs> when we walked out of the clubhouse today. You immediately were much more optimistic. You said a month or two. Do you still feel that way? After, you know, hearing more information come out. Yeah,
3: I mean, we've been seeing some more more information and, you know, after we got out of that, that press conference, Um they're saying that type of injury doesn't usually require surgery. So that's good news. Right. And and then the latest is he's going to get a PRP injection in there to help him heal faster. So maybe four to six weeks is kind of like you said, the the timeline. If, you know, if all goes well, right. If, you know, if it's not any worse than as expect, you know, nothing worse than from what it is now, four to six weeks, it looks like that would be the, the time frame, And then we, we should see Dustin May back. So that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to think that, you know, tops two months and, and we'll, we'll get him back.
1: So, and when Michael had said that this was a predecessor to a UCL injury, uh, the report is that it appears that his repaired UCL, the one that required the Tommy John, is intact. So that means it's intact right now. What is that? I mean, what if he comes back and then it completely tears? So, like, I understand where Michael's coming from, and I understand why Dave Roberts is, was the way he was. It was the saddest Christmas ever because, oh. look. This is, again, reminding that these guys are human beings, right? Like, Dustin May still hasn't even gotten paid, okay? He's still on a rookie contract. Now, when you have these devastating injuries happening to him, now you got to think he might avoid a big payday. Like, when he started out, I think eventually we all thought, oh, man, this guy's going to be a star, and you just take for granted he's going to get paid, And this is why I don't hold it against these players when players make decisions and they say, and you know, I'm going to go take 300 million to go play in Texas, get your money, bro. Because you just never know when this could end. And, and it just sucks because he was pitching really well. And, and another thing, the reason why I didn't notice it was, I I think he had a one, two, three, first inning, right? Baby face. Like it was just like, well, he's pitching fine. Why? Why would they take it? Why would they take him out? So, I, why I just did you
2: notice his velocity. That's you've never had to be concerned this season with Dustin May's well, velocity.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think it wasn't really noticeable because he was down like maybe two two miles per hour. I think he was like hitting like ninety three. So it wasn't something like really out of the It wasn't like you know he was down in the high eighties. You know, so I think that's why it kind of cut everybody off guard because it wasn't really that big of a difference.
2: We have to welcome infinite mind to the podcast, to our life. How's it going? He says, or she, I believe Dustin will be back with this team come July. And we're all praying for the best. Definitely. We just want Dustin made to feel better, heal up. But I, Michael came right back and said, no, no, no. They need to keep away to August.
1: <laughs> well, I, and, but here, here's the thing. And, and and La Princesa, you brought this up. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Because right now they have a rotation that consists of Urias, Kershaw, Gonsolin, Syndergaard, who we don't know how healthy he is. Right. He oh, he pitched four innings. Now, when they pulled him, I was I was convinced when they pulled him against the hemelos that they pulled him because his finger uh, was bleeding again. For those of you who guys who don't know the story on on Syndergaard, he's got a cut. On his index finger. And so they're literally putting like crazy glue on it to seal it. And sometimes it works and other times it just opens up. And once you do that, and that's what happened in Milwaukee, they can't, they can't stop the bleeding. So, okay. That's just four starters, they need five. They got a road trip coming up. They just left for it today. It's a 10-game road trip.
2: It's a long-ass road trip.
1: <laughs> They're going to need pitching. We saw in this series against the Hemelos, what happened to the bullpen. So they are going to eventually start to need to get some length out of these starters to help. I want to get into Dylan Covey later, but right now we're dealing with the mash unit that is the Dodgers. So what are they going to do with that fifth spot? I mean, immediately uh, Babyface and I looked at each other in the press box and said, get ready, Gavin Stone. Uh, It looks like you're going to be on on the first plane out here. And we thought we were going to see Gavin Stone anyways on this road trip. But now this is, I mean, the way the Dodgers are snake bit, like we don't have Pepio. We can't turn to Pepio because Pepio's hurt. And I don't think we've gotten any updates on him yet. Right, babyface?
3: No. I mean, well, he's on the 60s,
1: so I think it takes him through like sometime in June. So there you go. So we better hope nothing happens to the rest of these guys. And I know uh, La Princesa doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> exactly.
0: It. <laughs> don't even
1: say it. But look, Roberts was asked this repeatedly today. It's like, how do you guys handle this when your depth is just not there anymore? You don't have that same level of depth. Now, I know it's going to come, so I'm just going to put it out there before I start hearing it. I know Bobby Miller pitched well tonight. I know that. I know that. I don't think Bobby Miller's ready yet. But if these starting pitchers start dropping like flies, they might have to do it out of necessity. Here we are. I, I do see the the calls for trades. Um, I don't know that they're going to pull the trigger on this yet. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go that route this early in a trade because we're still in the middle of uh, of May. So I, I I agree, Michael. I think eventually they are going to need to make a trade for a starter. I just don't know if they're going to do it um, this early uh, in the season. Um, I
2: mean, so our, our we the Dodgers bullpen, they're they're doing pretty solidly, right? But we just, we can't overwork them, right? Like, we can't expect yes. them, especially on this long-ass road trip, like.
1: That kind of stuff will catch up with you if you overwork the bullpen. And the problem is, is, and especially against the Jamelos, you had two games in a row where you only got four innings out of your starters. And then you had an extra inning game. And I know everybody hates Phil Bickford, but if it wasn't for big, uh, you know, big Phil Bickford, the other night. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that extra inning game? I
2: don't know why people hate him. Like, dude, like he's literally always the nicest guy. <laughs> he Everybody is. says how nice he is and what a team player he is. And he doesn't ask of for anything. And yet he's the hated one.
1: I, I mean, poor Phil Bigford. <laughs> the, the minute he comes into a game, I, you already see it on social media. What's this guy doing? He should be down in triple a, you know, oh. it's, it's, it's like the, the bullpen has been pitching much better, and uh, especially as uh, compared to what they were pitching like in the beginning of April. So, I, there are some people in the bullpen, though, that haven't been able to turn things around. And I want to get into that later. But uh, so we're, we're dealing with the crisis now with Dustin May. What the Dodgers are going to do, I, I see a lot of the comments on the live keep them out until July, keep them out until August. I think you absolutely have to be played on the conservative side with this kid because, I mean, this is about his career because if he ends up having another Tommy John, that's two Tommy Johns before the age of 30, and it's two Tommy Johns back-to-back. Uh, that would definitely be concerning to me in terms of, is, is this guy going to be able to to have a career? Is he just one of those poor and, and we probably don't hear these stories enough, but I'm sure he's not the only one. These athletes that are the ones that don't make it and they don't make it, not because of a lack of talent, it's injury. And that's just bad luck. I mean, what are you going to do there? Uh, I want to segue. I want to get your thoughts, but he says Clayton Kershaw pitched against the hemelos and it wasn't your typical Clayton Kershaw um, start. Uh, I wanted to change my approach to Clayton Kershaw um, only because in the news, we we we, we heard uh, over the weekend that he lost his mother and he went out and he still pitched and he's going to make his start in St. Louis this weekend. Okay. Um, Clayton Kershaw, the end of his career is coming a lot sooner. So I, what I mean by changing my approach, I think what I'm talking about is, I'm going to start appreciating him a little more uh because I just don't know how much longer we're going to see and if you you see him and if you look at his numbers like before when people would say he's the greatest left-handed pitcher in the history of of baseball I always was like I don't I don't know but if the guy who is considered the best left-handed pitcher of all time is Sandy Koufax if you look at Kershaw's numbers compared to Sandy Koufax they're better And Kershaw did it for longer than Sandy Koufax. I I mean, that's the thing that I- Sandy
2: Koufax says that himself. He says Kershaw is better than he was. It's coming from the GOAT, right? The one that is consistently called the GOAT. And I'm just saying, if it's coming from the GOAT, you got to give it up. I love Kershaw. I've always, I defend Kershaw. I will punch you in the throat if you say something about (laughs) Kershaw to my face. I'm just, that's just a figure of speech. Don't come at me.
1: Uh, Well, well, no, but what I wanted to get your thoughts on is is this. And that is, there's that famous game when Brett Favre lost, I believe it was his father. And of course he ended up destroying, hey, Philip Lopez, perfect timing. Philip Lopez joins the chat. And I'm going to tell the story when Brett Favre just destroyed the 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 Raiders on (laughs) Monday night football after his father passed away. Uh, now it would have been a great story if Kershaw would have pitched great against the Hemelos and completely shut them down, but that didn't happen. He mm-hmm. was struggling. The fact that that guy even made the start after finding out that his mother had died. I mean, his wife breaks the news that Kershaw's mom died. And then Sunday I'm at Dodger stadium and I see Kershaw out in the outfield. Now, I would like to think that if that was me, I'd show up to work, but in reality, I'd probably be home because ah. my mind, my mind would not be able to to function. My mind would be too distracted. So the fact that Kershaw went, made his start and he already said he's going to make the St. Louis start, what I want to get your opinion on, Princesa, is the in his mind the ability to car i can't pronounce this word car uh all right there thank you thank you <laughs> english is my second language i am an, ESL. an i am an esl graduate everyone so thank you <laughs> that is that is something that at least for me i take for granted from Kershaw the fact that he can do that and still go out there and perform um, is something that I want to give him credit for. What, what do you think about this whole situation, Princesa?
2: I, my sentiments. Exactly. I, well, I've always been a big Kershaw fan. Um, I've always thought he's just the greatest. And I've always believed that we are lucky that he's a Dodger and I never want him to leave. And I pray that he, you know, retires from baseball, a Dodger. That's what I want, but we don't always get what we want. Hello. Look at today. Um. Absolutely. What well, I did hear um, on one of the reports that Clayton was able to say goodbye to his mom.
1: Oh, that's that I, I did. I did. I didn't I, know that.
2: Yeah, that I heard that. So that's. I believe that. I mean, again, who are we? We we're not in his shoes, but I do believe that that helped. Um, in some way, right? Being able to, you know, because these these tragedies can happen in different ways, and it could sideline you where you didn't see it coming but if he was able to you know see his mom before she crossed over then I think that would that probably helps I'm trying really hard to just not um I don't want to say anything wrong because this is a very sensitive subject and I want to make sure that we treat it with respect and I don't want anyone to ever you know say anything negative about kershaw pitching and showing up um he's he is the goat he is a boss he is uh very competitive we're talking you know like the great ones he's a great one and the great ones do things like this they are able to focus on i mean that's what got them to this level right is being able to tune out everything else and and I just, you know, I just want to make sure that we say, you know, we are definitely thinking of the Kershaw family. And and I know Ellen, um, she had to make an appearance for Kershaw. They were opening a baseball field, right? Another hope, um, build of hope, is that what it's called?
1: I think it was for Kershaw's Challenge, wasn't it?
2: No, I think Baby it's the Dodgers Foundation.
1: Oh, was it? Oh, was it the Dream Foundation?
2: Yeah, and they they build baseball fields in different communities. And so it was a grand opening and I should know this. I should have written it down. But.
1: Well, Philip Lopez is a kid used to play in it because when it was called the RBI program, uh, Philip Lopez chime in on the live and give me all the information on it because I know his kid played on one of those fields that the dream foundation, is it the dream foundation Alicia?
2: I thought it was, but I mean, I could be wrong. I was more focused on the fact that that's when it was like, I believe officially, told to everybody because Ellen was there instead of Clayton. Yeah. Whoa. So, and I was, I was in my car listening to sports radio and I was like, "Oh, shit. like, you know, and I'm, you know how close I am to my parents. Like I can't even imagine, which only puts Kershaw even greater in my eyes that he could show up and show up to work. Right. And he's out there. And, and so, oh, I get the chills. Like I, cause I don't know, like you said, I don't know if I could show up. So, you know, more power to him. I, I, he's, you know, he's just one of the great ones. And and again, I'm glad he's a Dodger, and I don't want him to ever wear any other jersey.
1: <laughs> well, I think Philip Lopez brings up a very good point, and and I always wonder if he was there because he needed the distraction. He needed some right? some normalcy in his life, right? Because. If he's not in the stadium he might just be consumed by those thoughts. Babyface do you do you think that's what it is with Kershaw is he still needed to keep up his routine he did not want to disrupt that he didn't want everything is still no pasa nada everything is normal.
3: Yeah, I mean everybody everybody deals with grief in a different way, right? And some people hey, I can't do anything and I got to take a time out others want to continue doing their normal routine. Right. And, and it seems like that's what Kershaw wanted to do, you know, just continue do, doing what he does. And, you know, he scheduled a pitch in St. Louis. I mean, I don't know if there's any funeral arrangements or anything like that, that he might take time away from coming up. But I mean, as far as we know, I mean, that's what um Kershaw's focused on and, you know, that's what, um, you know I was hearing the stories of uh that Ellen was sharing at at that event on Saturday, and just talking how Kershaw when he was out there playing, and it was his mom right that was his encouragement and just that that got him to play like that, so I think in a sense, you know maybe he's doing this you know for he's doing this for his mom, you know I'm thinking you know maybe he's thinking maybe my mom would want me to do this right and and that's might be what we're seeing out there right now
2: you, you
1: okay but I love that
2: I just think that that's. What a way to honor his mom, you know, she loved that her son was Clayton Kershaw and does what he does out there. One of the greatest, you know, the ultimate professional. And what a great way to honor his mother to keep doing what made her proud, you know?
1: So I I was there (laughs) Tuesday night, uh, Mexican heritage night. I was there with all the Mexicanos (laughs) and I, Wearing um, my
2: that's ga- every night. That's
1: every night. <laughs> uh, wearing my gaván because I refuse to call it a poncho. But I was wearing my my gaván, and as my girl says, with the Guatemalan colors. Uh, but I was just like, I think they're Dodger colors, but whatever. Um, but when he came out on the mound, and I don't know if he did. You guys see this on TE? I don't know how it played, but it was one of the more uh, the uh, the louder ovations that I ever I ever heard. Uh, At that stadium uh, pregame and it seemed to me for everybody who wants to attack Dodger fans and say they're not knowledgeable that they're just a bunch of criminals that just beat up people. The reason why that ovation was so loud was not only because it was Kershaw, but those fans knew what he was going through. Like those fans knew what was happening. So I, I had to commend the fans for that reaction because it was like, hey, whatever support or just know that we're here with you. We know what you what you're going through, and that we want to we want to help you, man. We're we're behind you and we're gonna help you get through this. And as Philip Lopez likes to say, those were Salvadoran colors on <laughs> on the Gabon. So Shouts out to the salvies, uh there, <laughs> Philip Lopez. <laughs> always, hey, stop, one, always
2: trying one, to get extra love.
3: <laughs> so just, just real quick, going back to and we were saying, you know, Kershaw being the greatest, right? The greatest of all yes. time. So I'm sure you've probably seen that stat that he has the lowest lowest ERA in the light ball area era, era yeah. from from 1920 to now, minimum 1500. So he's number one, right? He's at 2.43. Um, next is uh, Hoyt Wilhelm. 2.52. And when you look at the other guys on that list,
1: um, they're all Hall of Famers, aren't they?
3: Yeah, but Kershaw, you know, it's minimum 1,500, but Kershaw has, you know, like over 2,000, 2,300 innings pitched, you know, and he's still, he's, he's at number one, right? So, and he's and he, still
2: delivering to this day. Yeah, right? and, and, I mean, and it's a little different, but he's still balling. Like mo- oh.
3: most of those guys that are in that list, a lot of guys from the 50s. You know, a couple guys in the '60s, um, and that's it. I mean, we haven't seen this in or our lifetime,
2: like in top. in our lifetime. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're absolutely right, and I right. think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I I want to change my approach. And, and look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and I know I'm going to hear it. You're such a ball washer for Kershaw, Juan. And it's like, no. no, it's like, dude, the guy is getting up there in age. We don't know how much longer he's going to play. It's it's one of those things that, you know, once these guys retire, you're just like, damn. You look back at how they played and it's like, shoot, did I really appreciate that? I, appreciate. I take for granted you know, the greatness and like Babyface just said right now, we've never seen anyone do some of this. And I know that it's a little short sighted because we get caught up with the fact that we always lose in the playoffs and we don't have, you know, 10 World Series to show for it during his playing career. And because we have those unfortunate memories. uh, Go ahead. Princessa.
2: I mean, we know for sure one of them was stolen. So I, I feel like more people should just—that should be an asterisk World Series, and the memes from that World Series continue to this day. Yet we now know they cheated. They knew what pitch what pitch Kershaw was throwing. So I have no, I actually I'm irrationally. Uh, protective of Kershaw because of the trash throws, because of that history, because MLB did not take care of the greatness of pitchers like him. And, you know, we could get into the other pitchers and people that lost jobs because of the cheating, but yet w- that's one of the biggest stains on Kershaw's legacy. Is it not that world series, right? Him in the dugout. Remember, it's still like, I,
1: I, you <laughs> know what I, but I think you're right. It was, but until it came out that they were cheating, I think it changed. I don't think people look at it as a blemish anymore. But he says that. But I think at first, I think and you were they right. They
2: have that in there. Like, they remember what that felt like when he lost yeah. the game for us. That doesn't... It's really hard to compar- compartmentalize. Now, look at contagion.
1: ESL! ESL!
2: When you feel a certain way about a certain event, even if you find out later, like, wow, like, that really didn't go down the way I thought it did. It's still that memory is tied to how you feel. And so, plus there are a lot of Dodger fans that are more casual, right? That don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, relation, like relating what happened and why this happened. Oh, maybe I should take a step back. No, there are just some Kershaw haters that especially in the postseason, And I'm just like, dude, imagine if we all just like didn't boo our own team.
1: <laughs> I wish well, I had
2: some tea right now.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, babyface was saying this all throughout the Gemelo series. Every time that Correa came up to bat, he got booed mercifully. Like, and it wasn't like the booing got softer after every at bat. The booing was just as intense at every at bat. And I don't think he had a I mean, he had a couple of hits, but I don't think he had a good series. Go ahead, yeah. babyface. What did you say every time Correa struck out?
3: He had he had two hits in the series, and I think he struck out
1: what did he struck out. He struck
3: out six times.
1: And every time um, he struck out, what would you say?
3: That it's it's harder to get a hit, right, or a home run when he doesn't know the pitch is coming. Right. So <laughs> we saw we saw that evident. And I was at the Monday game and before he was even announced. Uh, before a friend of the kind of set of Todd Lights announced him, like as he was walking up, you just heard this loud boo. I mean, I mean I, the loudest I probably ever heard that place like booing. And then you could barely hear Todd Lights when he announced and then and then he started to announce them. But as he walked up, booing, booing as he was up, first pitch, booing, booing. And then even after every, after every pitch that came, he would get booed.
1: And this is now what almost six years removed? This is going to follow him and every other Astro for the rest of his career, right, Benitezza?
2: Absolutely, and I blame the MLB. If they had taken care of it, I'm all for second chances. I'm all for apologizing. You shouldn't be known for the worst thing you've done, except Korea is cocky about it. He's not apologetic. He has no respect, to me, for the game because he almost is like, well, I don't know about now, but he was prideful when he was still an Astro. He was prideful when he left out. Like he was almost like what you know what I mean, like defiant, and that makes me like ill. <laughs> and did you guys catch the interview that Dave Assay had with?
1: Uh, I know him? he, I know he interviewed him. Did you? Did, give us the give us the cheese, man. Here we go, everybody. New segment here. The <laughs> cheese make on la princesa.
2: <laughs> well, you didn't hear from me, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, my, I was just going to bring up the, the part where Dave Assay asked him and asked him about the booing, and then he he tried to say, "I don't care, I don't care," but <laughs> I don't know your actions. I mean, I don't know the rest. I don't follow him, so I'm not sitting here hating him. I don't have a voodoo doll of Korea, but how is he doing this year, Babyface? Like, is is he normally when he's not a, at Dodger Stadium doing well, or is it?
1: Because I'd like to think that
2: the booing made him, you know, got to him just a little bit. That would make me feel so much better. Well, you know
1: where else he probably gets booed just as bad is oh. at Yankee Stadium.
2: Yankee Stadium, for sure, for but sure. But I, I know he
1: started off slow this year. Before he got to to LA for the Dodgers series, I thought he was starting to heat up, but he did not look good against the Doyers. Like like Babyface said, he only had two hits the whole series and six strikeouts. I I, I mean, I wonder, let me ask you this, princess. Is this a, what is a more worse? What is a worse punishment? If they would have suspended him for a year for what he did in the world series or the fact that now for the rest of his career, he is going to be booed mercilessly and mercifully excuse me and he's going to be viewed as a cheater for the rest of his career and probably once his career is over like if he does public appearances and, i mean how many times did we hear at the stadium they chanted cheater and then people started saying why are they chanting Derek? Derek cheater it's like no no they're chanting cheater i mean what's worse What what's worse
2: I I would I still would rather have it on record because it's still technically they didn't cheat. Right. Because Mm -hmm. the players did not. There wasn't even an admission. It was kind of I mean, they used scapegoats. MLB really screwed this up and it didn't deter cheating either. Um, If they MLB had punished him, you know, suspended him, fined him, admitting guilt and a few of those players too, you know, who else? Um, I actually think I could live with that because again, I'm not a hard ass. Like you're the worst thing you've ever done, but you should be sorry. You should not want to be known as that. You should want to be better, right? To evolve, grow. That's what we're here on this planet. We're spiritual beings. We don't want to be like, well, I don't want to be a bad person. And I'm not saying I've never done bad things, but I would like to think you know like move forward like let's not be like that i know what i did i'm sorry the 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 way he acted after they were caught and the way MLB let them off the hook just that bothers me so to answer your question no i, I still i still think he gets away with it and he's still doing public appearances they're just keeping him within their team their town their fans so he's still getting paid he still has his ring there's no asterisk so no i i don't care I shouldn't say I don't care. The the booze are, you know, a little side, you know, it's a little side salad, but I wanted meat and potatoes punishment. Like I wanted like a buffet of like, you know what you did, sucker. And he'll never have to admit it. And he gets away with it and he gets paid and he has his ring. And so no, I don't, I, the booze aren't sufficient for me. I still did, wish he would have been suspended did, and paid fines and admission of guilt.
3: Did you, you hear just, one of the quotes that he said? Well, no, so what was it? it? So Vasse talked to him and said, it doesn't bother me one bit. It happened in 2017, six years ago. Every time I come here, it's expected, but but I enjoy playing here, and it's a great ballpark and great atmosphere. There's a, there's another one, too, I guess, that Vasse was saying. Um, he doesn't think it's from 17 that the booze are coming from. He thinks it's from 2020 after the Kelly incident. And then no,
2: no, it's for both, dude. Again. It, 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 it's yeah, for he both. He doesn't even admit, he doesn't even think he did anything <laughs> wrong. And that's probably because they say everyone cheats, but they were the worst. They were, the, they ruined legacies.
1: Yeah. Look, they may factor in. I mean, it's the reason why friend of the cara Asada Mariachi Joe is a legend in LA is because Mariachi Joe went after him. They're calling him a cheater, not because he had an altercation with Mariachi Joe. They're calling him a cheater because of the 2017. So, baby face, let me ask you, do you buy it when he says it doesn't bother him that they boo him?
3: I mean, I mean, he's an athlete, right? So you're going to kind of expect that. and And he's a good athlete, right? So a lot of good athletes get booed in certain parts but i mean i don't think i mean it probably gets under his, and he probably wants to maybe the pressure this time was a little bit it gets to him because you know he wants to maybe shut up the crowd and by doing something right like hitting a home run or doing something good and maybe that could add a little bit added pressure you know when he's up there you know and he didn't he'd have a good series but i mean i don't think it necessarily like bugs him right and it's like gonna make him like oh they're booing me why are they booing me and he's gonna go cry with somewhere right i think maybe it might give him a little bit added pressure to try and do better like and and maybe we see results like you know the through this series but says uh, do you buy it
2: no um but i would <laughs> say the same thing right what is he gonna say because again he still never shows remorse look how he tried to deflect he yeah. tried to deflect that no 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 it's not because of the World Series that we stole and MLB never punished us and we got, you know, immunity. No, it's like, no, 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 let's just stay away from that. I'm going to, it's because Joe Kelly, you know, whatever, dude. I, I would say the same thing. It's the thing, that's the world we live into. Lying is okay. Um, having the better PR agency is all you have to do to be successful now. Even when you get caught with your pants down, you still like, oh, let me, you know, let me just spin this. And he's spinning it. No, dude no we know and you know i i I hope they boom that's the least we could do is boom until yeah i don't i guess go ahead go ahead it's just it's not enough but it's we it's out of our control right so i need to not get so heated like my blood but But it started with kershaw that's how we got to this point is yeah i really hate what the astros those cheating that as an organization at mlb as an accomplice, because they let it go and I, they ruined, you know, they stained his great legacy, in my opinion. And I told you, I'm very protective of Chris I'm protective of all our Dodgers. It's the mama bearing me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, there's so many times I hear, hey, you guys just need to get over it. 2017's in the past, get over it. From the looks of things, every year this dude shows up at Dodger Stadium. Whether he's wearing an Astros jersey, now that he's wearing a Hamelos jersey, it's the same reaction. It, I mean, these guys, anybody associated with that 2017 World Series team, when you show up at the ravine, you're gonna hear it because the Dodger fans don't forget. They will I don't think they're ever gonna forget this. I don't think they're ever gonna go, you know, get past it. I wanted it, I wanted to give him credit for talking to Vasse. But now I'm thinking did he talk to Vassay? because yeah is going to ask him the question but I think that Vassay is is a friendly yeah. it, uh, so it's like a friendly interview right Alicia yeah. he's he, not going to talk to somebody who's going to really go out there and go you're a cheater
2: No Vassay prefaces it with like he thinks he's okay he he doesn't I he doesn't it wouldn't be like me interviewing Cory <laughs> <laughs> Again uh, um this with is with the big hoop talking.
1: earrings and taking <laughs> off your tacones all right it's
2: okay. on Well <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> no, um, honestly if you this goes back to what you asked me if what's worse if uh, if he had truly properly been any kind of punishment and admission I probably could get over it. cuz again like look at Tatis everyone else that look at Brom um what is it Ryan Brom
1: Ryan Brom Braun, yeah
2: He stole Matt Kemp's MVP. and and
1: Look at the princess coming with all the receipts. Everybody who's ever wronged the Dodgers in this way, she's coming for you. I'm just letting you guys know she's coming for you.
2: And I mean, was he properly punished? I mean, he went away quietly. So I think what makes it worse is Correa was defiant. He was like, you know, so we're giving it to him. Right. Like he's I, I'm just saying he doesn't even act remorseful and he, maybe he isn't. And he's trying to lie to himself or lie to us through Basset saying, oh, it's, it's not 2017, bro. Bro, come on. You know, <laughs> but, I mean, well, whatever we have to tell ourselves to sleep at night, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned somebody else that I'm, I'm really surprised about, and that is Tatis. You know, that these, you know, f- serve the suspension. And it just seems like everyone in Major League Baseball is just like, no pasa nada. Everything is fine. The show pods can't show up to L.A. And it's the same thing. And I have to say, I'm, I'm really surprised. The show pods have played the Doyers six times this year. And the Doyers have beaten them five out of six. Um, They just lost two out of three to the Royals of Kansas City. And they are (laughs) exactly as the princesses who are not good. They are four games under 500. I did not see this coming from the show pods. I don't think it's going to keep up like this. I just think that lineup is way too good. I think they're going to end up getting hot at some point in this year and they're going to go on a tear. That being said, that's not happening right now. So I'm going to give the floor to Babyface because nobody enjoys shitting on the show pods more than Babyface. <laughs> so, sir, the the floor is yours. I'm setting up this topic just so you can shit on the show pods. I mean,
3: I know you guys expected him to just take off and, and, and run away with the West. I mean, like I said, I, I wasn't expecting oh, that. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> well, not, not,
2: <laughs> not You guys. He's
1: okay. talking about me. He's talking <laughs> yeah. about me. So
2: they still I'm, haven't done shit and they're still not our <laughs> rival. So there, I I don't, a, they don't live in my head the way the Dodgers live in Padres. Head. So like, yeah. totally opposite. Sorry, here's the one ahead.
3: thing that, that <laughs> we saw last year. And I think we're seeing again this year. Like, Hey, it's cool when the Padres, like you're a Padre fan, like, Oh, we got Soto. We got Machado. Now we got that thief. We got Bogarts, right? All these big, huge players coming to play. It's not that easy putting the lineup of superstars, Right. And that's one thing. And people give Dave Roberts crap, but Dave Roberts knows how to work with superstars. He knows how to finesse them. He knows how to make them buy in. Maybe something that's that's something that Bob Melvin doesn't know how to do yet. He it took them to the end of the end of the years they started playing better, and they weren't playing like tremendously better. They just started playing a little bit better. So maybe that's the same thing going on right now. They got all these superstars, and they're losing. They're under five hundred. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep playing this way. You're gonna see another flare up like that one we saw with Machado and Tatis. You know, when things start going bad, guys are like upset. You might see something again like that. Who knows, right? But I mean, I mean, if they don't if they don't figure something out pretty fast, I mean, they're already four games, right? They start getting deeper and deeper. It's gonna be hard for them to climb out of that because. You know, you're going to have to go on a big run, you know, five, six, seven, eight games to get out of that. And if you don't, if you you keep losing some, then you win two or three, and then you lose a couple more. I mean, you're going to be in a pretty big hole, you know, coming by, you know, June, July.
2: But I mean, huh? you said it, though, they do have the talent to turn it. The talent's there. It's just maybe their egos are built that way where they think they can just turn it on. Maybe they're not taking the season that seriously yet seriously did I say that right um now what one is in my head like <laughs> enunciation. Uh really quickly let's say hi to um, David wants a taco for joining us how you doing and Simeon is here hey Simeon David says Korea is cheeks he deserves <laughs> to be booed for life cheeks like ass cheeks because'm I I, in- I,
1: I I believe that's uh, yes he's using it in the uh, in the <laughs> verb form. I, look, uh, and Simeon, just to answer your real question, Alonso is still part of the Canesada. Uh, he is just on assignment right now. The man is, is the Mexican Jamaican. He has seven jobs. He's, he's a very busy man, so uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully he'll be joining us soon. But look, th- there was just a report that they just had another meeting, uh, team meeting after the game today after losing to the Royals. Look, I'm just saying, babyface, enjoy it now because I'm old enough to remember when the Dodgers used to kick their ass during the regular season, and then the show pods performed a gentleman's uh, sweep on the Dodgers in the playoffs. So I don't want to tempt the baseball gods because obviously we've already pissed off. Oh. <laughs> Listen to her. Why you got to bring up old shit? Uh, you see, but even... even-
3: even even going back to that series like I still think of it like when Padres try try to talk you know they try to talk we they barely beat them. I don't consider cuz the Padres even like They Mus- beat us right. 3 to 1. I I know. I know they beat us. They <laughs> they they won us, they beat they won the series, but I do not consider them the better team. Like many of the Padres think that they I were would the better team. I'm saying
2: that, but they did win. No, Ultimately, pa- Padres consider
3: them, <laughs> Padres still considers themselves the, the the better team. Musgrove this week said. Yeah. I still yeah. think we're a better team. They were not a better team. They're they were not then and they still aren't.
2: It's because it's their World Series to beat the Dodgers. Again, exactly.
3: that's and that's the what Dodgers I think, are I've in been saying their that.
2: heads. I could give a shit about the Padres. That's like, that's and they that's what I, something first, that's you know? what
3: I've been saying. That's all they care about. Padre fans for sure, and I believe the Padres, all they care about is beating the Dodgers, and that's gotten in their head. Until that is no longer an issue for them, they're gonna struggle against the Dodgers.
1: Look, I don't like to mess with show pods fan because they're going to come at me in that great line from coming to America. I'm going to come in there strutting and all that stuff going, yeah, Dodgers, baby, we own you. And then they're going to come back to me and go, but we kicked your ass in the playoffs.
3: And then and, 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 and then what happened? And then they not
1: going to shut up and walk out of the room. No, no
3: didn't we beat them in 2020 in route to a championship? If the Padres would have done that to us last year, respect.
2: No, no. <laughs> I don't like I don't want to be that Dodger fan that just dismisses that they beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. Yeah. It is what it is, Okay. Yes, it, it is. It it can, can but it could happen. Argue that we the Royals, beat the the Royals
3: when, just beat the Padres. It could happen. I know, it happens.
2: But you're one is not the other. Both things can be true. I don't like apologizing, like saying that somehow magic or sorcery is why. The Dodgers lost in the postseason. The Dodgers lost. Okay, yeah. they did. They broke my fucking heart.
3: But to the Padres, then what, happened, to though? then what happened? Then what happened? And I'm not. Yes, you, they did it. But what but happened you don't have next?
2: To say that they're the better team, either. I'm with you on that. No one is here is saying that. But I don't want to be that Dodger fan or or like a Raider fan that's just like denying
1: like. Numbers. How dare you speak so badly of <laughs> Philip Lopez and myself, Raider Nation?
2: I did that on purpose because the rounds are gonna suck this year. <laughs> I'm getting warmed up now.
1: What I do find, and maybe you'll enjoy this babyface, they got booed uh today against the Royals, the, the Show Pods. So it what it yeah, they got booed. The fans are, the fans are angry down there because this is one thing that I think Dodger fan and show pod fan have in common now. There are expectations now, like when every season, every Dodger fan expects the Dodgers to win the World Series, not to win the division, to win the World Series. Show Pods fan got a little taste, and now they saw their team get all these All-Stars and get all. And so they expect their team to win every single time. And look what's happening. It's not happening, and the fans are pissed. So everybody wants to say that Dodger fans are horrible fans. Look down south; they get a little taste of success, and look what happens to them. They want fucking caviar every night. They want to be drinking their their champagne with a pinky. Look, this is what happens. So I I just it, it went a little longer, but I wanted to get Babyface to to have his moment to enjoy the misery that's happening down south, with their team that is is four games. Go ahead. I just
2: thought of something. When I use that example of what could be going on is their Eagles are like, we're, we are superstars, and we can turn it on when we want. Maybe because it's still, you know, it's May, still got a lot of baseball left, but with the new schedules and the interplaying, that's, that they should take, I mean, I was told that both the Dodgers, the that everybody should take their wins more seriously against division rivals, right? Because you have less
1: yeah. meetings,
2: right? You see that's like 13 games instead of 16. Am I right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I and, mean, it used to be 19. 19. Oh, 19 so. There you
2: go. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't sound like a lot. There you go. So they took away six games to play, you know, the American well, League. There you go. Well,
3: they won't so maybe so. they
2: shouldn't. They should take it seriously, even if it is just May. you know? I don't know.
3: I think that we don't play again till August now. I think, it's yeah,
1: it, it's back August. in August. So, I mean, uh, it's uh,
2: Michael, <laughs> it, oh,
1: yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. Um, we're running out of time, so I want to get to this new segment that we have on the show. This is called El Fuego y la Racha. So, this is where we look at which Dodger players are hot and which ones are not. So I'm going to throw a couple of players that are, I think are hot. You tell me, and, and not physically, Princesa, you tell me, uh, am I right here? Um, Federico, all of a sudden, is Federico. I mean, this guy, the guy goes down to 280, and people start going, what's wrong with Federico? Is he hurt, right? So Federico is now hitting 310. He was just hitting almost a week ago or two weeks ago. He was hitting 295. So he raised his batting average up 15 spots. Federico is just so consistent. Yeah, he may have some dips and you just think it's weird. But damn, Federico is just uh, give me a whole team full of Federico's man. And uh, I'll watch that any day. Uh, another dude who I know we've been showing a lot of love to and I think is starting to make a very strong case of being this team's mVP is will Smith I mean two weeks ago will Smith at the yeah at the beginning of the month when he came back from his concussion he was hitting two ninety seven will Smith is hitting three thirty right now i mean when that guy's in the lineup the dodgers have a better chance to win and i just uh, hats off to will smith will smith he is en fuego federico yeah. en fuego and i want to give a shout out to this guy because this guy doesn't give enough credit he's pitching great he's been through a lot hopefully we'll have him on the show this year and that is victor gonzalez el oh. mexicano Victor Gonzalez got out of a basis loaded jam today. His ERA is zero people. So let's show some love to Victor Gonzalez because that was a guy who was out of baseball. Well, not out of baseball, but he was, he was out of the majors. He was in the minor leagues and, and he's performing and he's been a very important part of that bullpen. I love
2: his walkout song. I love you. It.
1: Mean, you mean Victor Teen <laughs> Gonzalez, as we've dubbed him? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Do you guys see what he did there? Do you do you see what uh, this is baby is for those of you who don't know who Gillian Shakespeare is, he ripped everything off of Babyface. Babyface <laughs> is, is the poet. Do you guys want to add anybody to the Enfuego list?
2: Mm, I mean, James Altman had a grand slam, which, you know. It will bring his average up
1: a little bit. Right? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that uh, baby face. By any chance do yeah. you happen to have that picture because you uh, I know you posted something on social media and I don't know if our viewers or our listeners know this, but uh, earlier in the week, um, James Outman was seen in the Dodgers dugout wearing a shirt, a shirt that may be familiar to some of you. And it was a friend of the carne Asada shirt. Now, I'm going to take it back to some of you who might not know this story. Uh, we had um, the, uh, the play-by-play announcer for the OKC Dodgers. Uh, he's not – it's the other Friedman, by the way. Uh, he was on the show, and he told us that last year, James Outman used to wear our friend of the carne shirt every day in batting practice down in OKC. I just think it's too much of a coincidence that all of a sudden, James Outman was scuffling a little bit. And he's seen wearing the Friend of the Carne Asada shirt Monday in the dugout. And as Alicia says right now, he hits a grand slam today. So for those of you watching on the YouTube, you guys on the live, you can see there's James Outman wearing our shirt. The Bleed Lows podcast, Friend of the Carne Asada shirt, which is available for purchase on the Bleed Lows website. So put in your orders now. I just is it is it me, guys? Those of you on the live, you tell me. Yes. Is it yes. too much of a coincidence no. No, that all of a sudden a he wears that shirt and he ends up hitting a grand slam? I put up a poll on my Instagram for those of you that are interested. I'll give you an update on the poll. I asked the question Is the bleedlow podcast bump real? That's the question I posed. So far, 91% say claro que yes. Nine percent are either drunk or complete fucking haters. But it it's 91 to 9 right now that the bleedless podcast bump is real. So
3: I have a I have a after the um after we talked after we talked to James Allman today, right in the clubhouse, right after he did his thing and everybody walked away and turned around. He turned around towards me and he saw me and he said, thank you. Now, I want <laughs> to I want to believe that he told me thank you because, you know, we were there I giving him the bump and because of the shirt. So <laughs> that's what that's what I am referring that thank you to.
1: It, I'm just, I'm just saying, just put it out there. Go to my Instagram, the Rasquache sports journalist. You can vote on there. Let people know uh, about James Altman and that shirt. So that was the En Fuego. Now La Racha. So for those of you know who speak Spanish, La Racha is just when you're in a horrible slump and just nothing goes right for you. So I have a couple of nominees and you guys let me know your thoughts. And uh Philip Lopez you beat me to this already. Uh I wish contributor Jason Barquero was on the show because he was on this one from the beginning of the year Austin Barnes. Uh now I know we're not going to uh, he's Kershaw's personal catcher. I know that we're not going to do anything uh, about it, right? But the dude is hitting 098. And it is just becoming so glaringly obvious how the Dodgers perform when Will Smith is in the lineup and then when you have Austin Barnes in the lineup I I, I hope he turns it around. I don't know how I've never seen like 0 oh, 98. Like he, I remember his first couple of years in babyface. Maybe you remember this. Do you remember babyface? Like he was actually hitting close to 300. He was offensively, he was contributing, but it just feels. I mean, this year's just really, really bad. So, unfortunately, Austin Barnes is going through a racha right now. Uh, Michael Carrillo. You, you, I think Michael Carrillo saw my list because Michael Carrillo is naming everybody on my list. Um, another uh, nominee for the Racha is uh, Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson is hitting 117, and I know now Trace Thompson isn't even playing anymore. So I think a decision is going to be coming fairly soon on, on Trace Thompson uh, because I, I felt so bad for him, that extra inning game. When the bases were were loaded and he came up to bat, I was just like, of course, Trace Thompson is the one that comes up to bat with the game on the line. And I was hoping he would get ahead, but we'll, we'll take the walk. But I, I mean, it's just poor Trace Thompson. I I don't even know what to say anymore. I just, I just cannot imagine going through a racha this bad. And then the other one, Michael Carrillo, again, you you were on it is Yancey Almonte. Um, Yancey Almonte was a huge part of this bullpen last year. I mean, he was getting important outs. But this year, uh, he's been struggling, and he had, a, he had a rough go against the Gemelos. Uh, Yancey Almonte's ERA is over 7. It is 7.27. Uh, he's going through it right now. I hope he can turn that around because we need him. We need everybody in this bullpen uh, to perform. So those are my nominees for, for the Racha. Uh, I know Michael Carrillo at, wanted to add uh, Jason Hayward to it because he seems to be trending down. Uh, Do you guys have any other nominees for the Racha?
2: No, I mean, you pointed out the most obvious that they're not <laughs> doing well. <laughs> I had Trace Thompson actually above Austin Barnes because Austin Barnes does have value as Kershaw's. <laughs> so,
1: Look at the princess of bringing logic into it. I mean, what, what are you doing? Just, and it-
2: I want Trace Thompson to do well. Uh, hello, he's practically LA royalty, right? I mean, who? who His father is, and and Mm -hmm. you know he goes to a lot of the games, and I just feel really bad because I know he wants to do well. He comes from a family of winners, right? Competitors, but I don't know what they're gonna do. And regarding Austin Barnes, I think when you were when uh, Juan goes, I don't know, you know, what are we gonna do with him? He needs to come on our podcast, (laughs) and you need to get him his own. Friend of the carne asada shirt. I mean, it seems kind of obvious. Like, we got to get these guys' shirts stacked. Am I that, wrong, baby? Please,
3: like,
1: <laughs> oh, that 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 would be awesome. Let, look at that. It's not just a fancy hat rack that she has there. Huh? <laughs> look at her dropping knowledge.
3: I want to add to the heart <laughs> to the hot list. I want to add uh, Phil Rubber on Bickford because uh, you know, he he delivers. Oh. Uh, uh, Big With Phil that.
1: Bickford. All right. I
2: want him to be successful. And I'm glad um, Julio is, is, you know, back. Right.
1: I mean, so, hopefully he, he's. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> I mean, we have some, uh, uh, some additional nominees. We have Muncie for the hot list. Uh, yes. And then uh, Philip Lopez wants to add to the Racha, the man who we can't talk, mention his name on this show. And that's Trevor Bauer. I don't know if you guys have seen his numbers in the... I, I don't even know what league that is that he's pitching in babyface. What, what is it? Some is league it, in it, Korea?
3: No, it's the Japan League. The, oh, it's the Japan? Japan Yeah, it's the Japan League.
1: He, he got roughed up his last two outings. He, things are things are not do, uh, looking good for him over there. But that's, that's a new segment that uh, hopefully we'll be doing every week. That's El Fuego y La Racha. Um, we're going to end the show um, with... We haven't done... Another, our, our other news segment, La Plancha con el Rudo, we have to have wrestling talk, and I'm going to completely end the show on a really sour note, because breaking news, um, superstar Billy Graham uh, just passed away. Uh, now, he was a wrestler that was before my time. Uh, I really didn't watch superstar Billy Graham but one of the villains on this show, uh, the Pukester, uh, for those of you who don't know who the Pukester is, that's Hulk Hogan. The rumor is Hulk Hogan stole a lot from superstar Billy Graham. Uh, if you see Billy Graham's appearance, uh, it looks like the Hulkster uh, borrowed a lot from them. So I know a lot of people in the wrestling community are, are pretty upset. And it looked like uh, things got really bad for Billy Graham towards the end. Uh, Of his uh, of his life, but uh, condolences to him and his family Uh, superstar Billy Graham. I'm sure uh, the WWE will be um, putting out tributes to him, especially with Smackdown coming up uh, later on this week. Uh, Babyface, do you have any memories of superstar Billy Graham?
3: Yeah, because he came back to the WWF probably was it late 80s, early 90s.
1: Very briefly. Yeah, Yeah, but it was more of a manager role, right?
3: Kind of a little bit, then, yeah. He, I think he did. He start managing uh, Morocco. Was it? Was
1: yeah, it Don Morocco. Don yeah. Morocco, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I but yeah, that. now now when you say uh, some of the things with comparisons with Hogan, like Hogan later on in his career, he started wearing that boa that yeah. that he, that he would wear. Superstar Billy Graham would wear the boa, and he'd wear the tie dye pants. H- Hogan later on in his career, he'd wear the the red and yellow tie dye pants. So kind of similar, I guess, right? Um, but yeah, uh, I remember just briefly, like I said, towards the end of his career where he came back to WWE.
1: Um, I, I just want to say, I love you guys that join us on the live. I mean, you, you guys cracked me up. Uh, Michael Carrillo, Billy Graham, the televangelist. Right. No, there was a, uh, there's a wrestler called superstar Billy Graham. So it's a different one. Michael Carrillo. You
2: should tell, you should tell us still learning about wrestling. Billy Graham, what era? Like I, he was yeah, in was
1: the, the six, 60s. The, was it the '60s? Was this heyday? No, the yeah, '60s, '70s. Uh, but David Wants a Taco has a great one. Um, uh, oh, he mentioned wrestling. Now we have to drink, guys. So that's drink right. Up. Uh, drink up. Uh, so uh, we we want cool. to encourage everybody on the live to, to drink. Uh, we, we we met our quota for the episode. We did wrestling talk. So now you guys don't have, you can't send us any hate mail that we didn't talk about wrestling. But in all seriousness, uh,
2: uh. Made me look up Trevor Bauer because I'm like, it is Japan. Trevor Bauer is getting crushed in Japan. He's got an ERA of 840.
1: D- d- does that make you happy? Does that, I mean, look at her. She's laughing no, about this. I
2: don't like to laugh at people's misfortune. I just had no idea. I haven't been following and I have, I stay on the fence, dude. That's like some <laughs> twisted. There's a whole lot of layers. We should just dedicate a show to <laughs> Dodgers pitchers because, like, dang. <laughs>
1: Um, oh, I, I,
2: think, out. <laughs> I
1: think David wants has officially won the live because he just quoted the big Lebowski. David, thank you. My friend, you get this show. Hey man, careful, man. There's a beverage here. That's a, that's a <laughs> great line from the big Lebowski. So I, again, this man is on a hot streak. It's time for our picks. Uh, baby face one again. Uh, no. I don't know what the no, hell. I did, I did. I did. No, I went for him too.
3: Oh, oh, no, wait. Or did I say five and one? No,
1: no. You're right. You had four and two. So there's no winners. There's no winners this week. But Babyface is still in first, and he's tied with the fans, the listeners. The listeners and Babyface are in the lead right now. So, again, we're going to do – there's four games against the Cardenales of San Luis and three games against the Bravos. So it's a total of seven those of you guys on the live put in your picks let us know this is a year-round competition so at the end of the year maybe we're gonna give out a prize if the listeners end up winning um, that's right Simeon we all went four and two and the Dodgers went five and one uh but are, are you ready uh it's uh it's uh ladies first on the on the dealers choice line here
2: I am very disappointed in myself that I didn't believe in the Dodgers I thought I was on it five and one duh um let's see four th- so seven games
1: four against, four against the cardinales and, and three against the bravos
2: and the bravos i'm gonna go i still think they're on a roll and the dodgers just figured out and they're so talented i'm gonna stay positive and say five and two
1: Okay, Philip Lopez came in with a five and two, feeling himself too. Oh, okay,
2: Philip Lopez and Michael Carrillo five and two. Well, now I'm just a copycatter.
1: Uh <laughs> well, wow, Michael Carrillo also five and two. Um, uh, Babyface, uh, since you're 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 in the lead, you're going to go last. So, um, you guys are far more comfort uh, comfortable than I am. I I mean. Look, our pitching staff and our bullpen just... I, I have to tell you, and maybe I'm, we're not getting enough credit to the hemelos but it was a much different series, the show pause, to all of a sudden the hemelos I know the Dodgers went two out of three against the hemelos but that series was a little rough. Uh, the bullpen did not look sharp on uh, on the Monday's game. Um, I mean, they didn't get much length out of their starters. I mean, today, uh, today seemed to be a little bit of a better game, but again... Oh, we didn't talk about it. I want to give a good shout-out before we – this Dylan Covey guy who was a local guy. We didn't a, get to talk about him. So real quick before we end, Dylan Covey grew up 15 minutes uh, away from Dodger Stadium. He's from Glendale. How crazy is that, that this guy comes – and he had no clue he was going to pitch as, as long as he pitched today, and he basically saved the Dodgers' ass. So, yeah. h- how about that, uh, D- Dylan Covey? Uh, I was very happy for him. He, he that that guy. Um, that's just one of those like true Hollywood stories, right, Alicia?
2: It is. It is, and I'm so happy for him. I love those kinds of stories, right? That's, I mean, it's unforgettable. He's never going to forget today, and we're all talking about him. I didn't expect to be talking about him, oh, not for a while. <laughs> I mean, he's somebody that we can hopefully rely on, right, to get us through um, this series. So Bill Penn is not um,
1: – Well, I am curious to see if he does stay up, especially with the moves that they're going to make, uh, because Gavin Stone is coming. I mean, Gavin Stone will be pitching at least one of these games. That's uh, one of the things uh that was we noticed today at the stadium was once the second uh the second time around when that uh Jimeno's lineup came through he started getting hit hard. Uh so he may be somebody for the bullpen as opposed to the starter but he gave them four great innings that they absolutely needed. So sorry Dylan shout out to you uh that, that I mean congratulations that that I I cannot imagine what that must feel like to play at Dodger Stadium. You grew up fifteen minutes away from and his it.
2: friends and family got to watch like yes, cool.
1: exactly. and like he said, the fact that he helped this team, he contributed to this team's win uh that that must be such a great feeling. So shouts out to him um okay i I'm worried about the pitching situation, and the bravos are legit. And all of a sudden I think the Cardenales are starting to play better, and that's only because the Cardenales were terrible. Um, so I'm gonna go four and three. And I know David wants a taco. Uh also I got your f- four and three, David. So let's hear it from the champ. Go ahead, glow. Wow, this is you're really feeling yourself this week. I mean, you get the shit on the show pods, and now you're on top of the picks. I'm
3: gonna go five and two
1: all so four, right three from the cards and two
3: from the braves huh? which dodgers do have the best record in the nl with 28 wins right, you know yes, that, they right? Do. Mm-hmm. yes they do and only yeah. and only behind tampa bay and tied with get this the orioles wait are the orioles in first place now no they're they're still behind they're three and a half back of the race. uh the Rays. But the Rays theme, and there was a lot of talk about the Rays that their schedules has been kind of easy, and they've been playing harder teams lately. They're five and five, and this goes back to the Pittsburgh thing that we talked about earlier a couple weeks ago. Oh, look! You seen, have, you, have you seen go, that? Have you seen their record?
1: Have you seen go their Go ahead. Now? Collect the receipts. Yeah, yeah
3: you're you guys, the only um, one
1: who doesn't understand the concept of now. We're like we're talking about now. Yeah, but now look at them now. Yeah, same. Look at them now. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, everybody. David Wants a Taco is going to be at the game next Tuesday. Doyers and Bravos. David, uh, take a picture. Tag us on it. Uh, wearing your Dodger gear in Atlanta. We'd love to, to see it so we can share it on, on the socials. Simeon coming in hot with the 5-2. and two. So uh, everybody's feeling the Dodgers right now. So, that's going to do it. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We love doing these lives. We love how interactive you guys are. Uh, I know you guys are all, I don't have to say it. Uh, I know you guys are probably all subscribed to the podcast and you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you're not, tell everyone else, what are they waiting for? Subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. If you want to be a friend of the kind of seller like James Outman, the shirts are available at the Bleed Loss website. So buy them. We, we want to make sure everybody's rocking those shirts at Dodger Stadium. Uh, any last words, Princessa?
2: I want James Altman's shirt. <laughs> I want a blue one like that. That's what I meant. Okay. She's.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I don't
2: have a blue one. Mine is gray. <laughs> uh,
1: that's right. There you go. All right. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez, de parte de mis colegas Alicia Del Valle and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lose Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts.
3: Lakers in Six.
2: Lakers in Six. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.